everyone. Let's get the show on the road. My name is Harris Miller. I'm here with co-host Seth Enzer. We got a lot of football to review, some instant reaction for the college football playoffs and more. But before we get started, Seth, how are we doing? Awesome, awesome. Had a great weekend of football. Some fun games to watch and I'm excited to talk about it. Absolutely, man. There there was a lot to happen in football over the past week. A lot of surprises, a lot of non-surprises, but um, it, it definitely didn't let us down. Let's uh, let's talk about the first big game of the week. How about Utah absolutely annihilating USC? Mm-hmm. I do, um, especially when Caleb Williams, you know, I'm all for players, you know, having messages for their team and stuff, but when you have F Utah painted on your fingernails, you're kind of setting yourself up to be embarrassed. Uh, yeah, you know? and I mean, look, I, I love Caleb Williams. I think he's going to be a insane talent in the NFL, but he, a guy that good playing at that high of a level on that much of a national platform, you know, you have, he has a platform, uh, mm-hmm. and, and that's how he chooses to use it. Right. I, I don't know. I mean, I may be showing my ass a little bit here, but you know, you can, he can really do a lot of good with stuff like that. You know, um, not instead of writing F Utah, you know, something that that's meaningful or close to close to home but you know i get it like i always love the competitive nature of kids and stuff like that but uh i don't know i don't know that could have been used in a in a positive manner rather than the way it did but yeah it just um, felt very unnecessary yeah yeah I, I i agree but you know still still love the guy he plays super hard plays super well um so excited to see what is in his future but man yeah i i I, we chose Utah to cover, and they did, and but I did not expect it to happen in the fashion that it did. Um, and I'm not gonna lie, when the game first started, I was pretty freaked out because yeah, wasn't it? It was like 14-3 or something out the yeah, gate, and I was I was watching my buddy, and we're like, this game's over already. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I was like, whatever, man. What a horrible start to the week. But <laughs> and then nonetheless. Within a matter of one quarter, it's a it's a whole different ball game. But right. uh, great showing for Utah, um, and a uh, little bit disappointed that they didn't have more going for them in the season. They could have definitely been a playoff contender. But um, you know, hey, in twenty twenty four, they would be in the playoff due to the automatic conference champion bid. But mm-hmm. I'm actually, we can talk about that later. But uh, moving on, man, um, let's talk about the next big game. Uh, let's talk about Georgia LSU because that was the least exciting game on Saturday. Uh, that was kind of what we expected. It was literally, know? that was literally <laughs> what we thought would happen. Yeah. So, I mean that Jaden Daniels, we, we talked about his ankle being hurt and him being able, unable to run. That's what happened. So, uh, they brought in the Newsmeyer kid. Dude looked awesome. Um, so I think LSU's in good hands with the future. Uh, he, he's a young guy and, Looks like he's going to be able to handle himself just fine down the road. So uh, there's not really, really much to say about this Georgia LSU game, other than I think Georgia's you know hitting full stride, getting ready for the playoffs. So mm-hmm. uh, not much about that. TCU Kansas State. Uh, su- I, I don't want to say surprising ending because I mean we all know how good Kansas State is, but uh, I anticipated TCU Cinderella story to keep going. Um, obviously, that came to a OT loss, but props for TCU for keeping it close because Kansas State felt like they were kind of running away with it there for a second. Um, but I think TCU uh, made an impressive push to uh, 
um, to come back and force it into an OT game. Now there were some controversial calls, but you know hindsight's twenty twenty, and they're still number three in the playoffs. So um, can't complain there. Any any takeaways from that game? Man, that the TCU quarterback. You'd have to remind me of his name, but he played his heart out. That dude could barely stand up in the fourth quarter, and he's still leading drives. He tied the game. I mean, the story of TCU season, the reason why it was kind of so Cinderella-like was the amount of times they were losing in the second half, even by like seven or even by double digits, and they came back to win so many times. It's just, you know, when you have a recipe and you kind of set your team up like that, you're bound to – it's not going to work every time. Mm -hmm. But I just – I wanted to give their quarterback so much credit because that dude was literally hunched over, couldn't stand up, had to be helped off to the sideline. And he still just kept going back in and to fall short after giving it all that you got. I mean, that's just, it's just tough. But at the end of the day, they're still in the playoffs, you know, that you can have a quick reset and mm-hmm. start from scratch. I mean, you're, you, they're literally seated exactly where they would have been, even if they won. So right. it's kind of, it's kind of just like, you know, shake it off and get ready for the next one. Yeah. Uh, super impressed by Max Duggan. Um, and, you know, good thing is that they have a nearly entire month to, uh, to rest up and get ready for Michigan. But um, again, TCU still deserves that playoff spot no matter what. We're going to talk about that more as well later on, but happy for them. Um, maybe this loss can be used as fuel down the road. So um, yeah, that was, that was a super fun game. I, I enjoyed every second of it other than TCU not covering for us, but <laughs> Hey, so the only other that so we miss, so we got Utah, we got Georgia, um, you know, you got Michigan and whatnot. So speaking of the Michigan Purdue game, uh, this game was kind of ugly. Um, you know, Purdue, this was a war of attrition. It felt like a uh, war of depth and Michigan just won that battle. Um, and so Purdue kept it close there for a second, but in the end, Michigan just kind of flexed their muscle a little bit and pulled away and, kind of contain that Purdue offense, which was really, really underwhelming all season. So no surprise there. Um, really not a sexy game, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was kind of just a, you know, boring little slugfest at the beginning, and then Michigan pulled away. Um, so uh, any, any last-minute takeaways from that game? No. I mean, you pretty much said it perfectly, but Purdue kept it close enough, like just close enough to where I kept watching, like, they hung in. They, they had it nineteen twenty eight, and they got the ball back at one point. But it's just Michigan felt in control the whole game. But it was like Purdue hung around just enough to make it watchable until like late fourth quarter, obviously. But you know, Michigan, I wasn't too impressed. But um, you know, you're just that's kind of a game you just kind of want to get in, win. Don't want to get banged up. Just get a win and get out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, good for them. They're in. They cruise. They're on cruise control and. Now they're getting ready to play in the playoffs. So all, all is well with Michigan. But let's talk about Clemson. Um, I think what, this most surprising um, kind of finish uh, for, for the day, uh, just due to the nature that Clemson won by, um, this was more of an ass-whipping than, uh, than just a, a normal win. Um, a lot of people, Vegas won big because a lot of people had North Carolina spread. Mm-hmm. And so – uh, luckily, I ended up not touching it personally, um, but that was one of my picks at the beginning of the week just because that's what the model said. But model can't account for Clemson's backup QB being a prodigy and coming in in the second quarter 
and accounting for three touchdowns in a single quarter. So right. um, that that was crazy. Super impressive by Klubnak uh, for Clemson. Um, I think Clemson, uh, similar situation to LSU, they're in great hands uh, in terms of their QB situation for the future. Uh, DJ already in the transfer portal, so he will no longer be the Clemson starting quarterback. Clemson fans rejoice, but um, I was a little disappointed in Mac Brown and Drake May and UNC. Uh, I thought they would keep this one a little bit closer, but um, you can't win them all. So, any any last minute takeaways from this game? No, thirty nine ten score speaks for itself. North Carolina yeah. didn't show up, so that's what they get. And I mean, if you looked at the public money right before the game and what was going on, public money heavy on North Carolina, the number fixated at minus or plus seven and a half mm-hmm. uh, from UNC. Uh, and they, it was more of like a, uh, they wanted the public to get in because it's, oh, seven and a half instead of seven or six and a half, you know, give me that. Um, but they kept it and they, they wanted all the money uh, flowing in on North Carolina. So, um, should have been better about noticing that, but that was more of a last minute surge as you know, the, the casual betters get on Saturday and just unload. So, mm-hmm. um, but again, can't win them all, but, uh, there's so many more games to talk about. Um, but those were the, the power five conference championships. Um, so much fun. I hate that college football came and went, but we still have bowl season. Um, and most importantly, we still have the college football playoffs. So, snap reaction to the rankings. Let me hear your thoughts. Um, so the thing about Clemson too is we were talking about them. If they just if they didn't slip up against North Carolina, I mean they won their conference championship. You'd have to put them in over TCU, right? You mean you mean South Carolina? South Carolina. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So, but one, I'm glad that Alabama wasn't put in. Um, I think that that could have been a very dangerous situation. You know, Saban, they interviewed Saban, and he was making that last-minute push saying that, you know, well, just tell me, would we be favored or not against all the teams that we're playing? It doesn't matter. You have two losses. They don't. They played for a conference championship. Like, I know Saban's going to make that push, but it's just – it wouldn't be fair to other teams because then we would just have the same four teams. Right. Much and, and can we make a – take a moment to acknowledge that he used Vegas point spreads – to try and argue that they should be in in the playoffs. Isn't that something that he, like, absolutely always preaches against? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, like, what, what, this, this is just gross on all levels. Like, I, I kind of lost some respect for Nick Saban coming in. Like, who cares, man? So what? You probably would be favored against nearly everybody except Georgia, but it doesn't fucking matter. You don't deserve to be in. You lost the games that you lost, right. and you don't deserve it. And so, at some capacity, the, the playoff has to be the most deserving. You know, I, if you, a lot of people are like, well, it's the best four teams. Well, yeah, there's a lot of, there's probably, you know, a handful of teams that should be like, you can consider better or would be ranked in a neutral setting on TCU mm-hmm. or something like that. So, I mean, yeah, who, but that's not the case. They, they didn't earn it. They didn't deserve it. You know, right. that's what the regular season's for. So, uh, if we did that, if 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 the playoff committee let Alabama in, that would have set a scary precedent for the rest of college football because you're basically 
enabling these brands and automatic bid every time. Mm-hmm. So what's the point of these players going to play for TCU? You know, right. like what if, if TCU has a more deserving resume, better strength of schedule, better everything pretty much, then what's the point of even going to play if you're just going to hand it off to a brand like Alabama who might be favored against TCU on a neutral? I, I mean, it's just so bad. But, you know, NIL aside, I'm just very glad that they, that TCU got what they deserved and got in because mm-hmm. I think it's great for college football. Um, and I think, you know, we're going to – since – you know, I, I'm glad that they made the decision that they did to put him in because I think this is going to hopefully spread the playing field for for recruits to go to certain schools because contrary to popular belief, there's a lot of schools that have a lot more resources and a lot more funding than your Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, and others. You know, you're going to like TCU, man, you want to talk about resources and funding, a private university – in Texas, oh, I gosh. guarantee you they can match hand in hand with all of those big name people. Mm. So, you know, I, I think we're I think we're in good hands for the future of college football. And so, and then twelve team playoff, there's a lot of lot more opportunity to be uh, fighting for the trophy than uh, there there normally has been. So, right. what, what do you think about the twelve team playoff? Are you you a fan? Yes, uh, absolutely. I think mm-hmm. I think 12 is the perfect sweet spot. I don't think it should go above that, and I don't think it should drop below that. I mean, again, you know, people are like, oh, why can't we have, like, a March Madness type thing? People don't realize, one, you can't play basketball or football games within, like, two days. Like, basketball, you can play mm-hmm. today, one day off, play the next day. Football, these, I mean, at the end of the day, these are student athletes, too. The physical toll that that would have playing a regular season and then playing like six more postseason mm-hmm. games potentially. I think 12 is perfect. Um, I'm assuming that the top four teams are going to have a buy or something like that. Yeah. So in the current format, the top four teams that have a buy are going to be conference championship winners. Okay. And the worst like record, I think, or the lowest ranked conference championship winner does not have a buy. Okay. But do they get? So, is, are they going to do home field advantage or anything? Yes, um, the first game, two games, are played at the team's home field. See, I like that. I love. I think yeah. that's so exciting. It's kind of like, hmm, I don't know, college basketball didn't have that, but playing a po- like a postseason game at home, it's like probably one of the funnest things. It's it's yeah. so fun. Like even like with college basketball, like with conference tournaments, you know, usually one one of the teams hosts it. You know, not all conferences do that, but having the opportunity to to go to Memphis, like mm-hmm. we held the conference tournament a few years ago, playing postseason at home is just a different feeling. And I feel mm-hmm. like it'll be a very, very cool experience for college football fans. Yeah, I, I'm excited for it. The, the only change that needs to be made to better support this is every conference needs to adopt the format of, you know, like what the Big 12 did this year where – there's no divisions. It's just the highest highest right. conference winning percentage. That's who meets up in the conference championship. Yeah. The American so, Conference did that this year too. Yeah. So you prevent LSU versus Georgia. So it would have been Purdue. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, nobody wanted Purdue in that. So (laughs) we would have gotten another Ohio State-Michigan rematch, and that would have settled everything in the playoffs. Um, And so I think that happens, then we're in great shape. Um, That's going to be awesome for the college football playoffs. Now, I looked at the bracket the other day. If today was the 12-team format, and it was interesting because, I mean, now you have – Kansas State in Utah. No, Kansas State was the lowest rated one. So Utah had a bye in the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. So like with that, three losses. That's, yeah, that's strange, right? So, right. but I mean, hey, they're finally incentivizing those conference championship games. So everything is on the table now. Right. So what would have like, been weird though? Like, imagine if Purdue upset Michigan, they would have been in. Absolutely. Gosh, that's so gross. But yeah, again, that's like why that's why it's so important to get rid of these Remember, divisions and just do exactly. a pot. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So <laughs> they do that, then then we're in great shape, and, and that also enables the opportunity. You have the the group of five teams having a chance to get into, which I mm-hmm. think is important. Although, you know, you have a lot of people that are like, oh, whatever. But hey, crazier things have happened, so. They, they deserve it. Right. Um, but yeah. So uh, speaking of college football playoff, back to the four-team format, Georgia 1, Michigan 2, TCU 3, Ohio State 4. Super glad TCU stayed in the playoff. I would have been super upset if they didn't. We're looking at Georgia-Ohio State, which I think is going to be the most underrated matchup of the playoff. Um, very polarizing game. Uh I have no idea how it's going to uh, turn out. Uh, I'm waiting for the matchup reports to generate to look at these teams on paper um, for a, a, a comparison. Um, but Georgia opened up minus six and a half. Eighty-nine percent of public tickets came in on Georgia uh, since it opened. Um, so a lot of people like Georgia by more than a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Michigan TCU that one opened up at uh, Michigan's favorite. Nine and a half. Um, now TCU had fifty-five percent of the tickets when that opened. Uh, now it's being driven down. Uh, Michigan's an eight-point favorite, seven and a half-point favorite on some books, um, and now Georgia is a full touchdown favorite on some books. So uh, already have some early line movement, um, you know. And then I, I do want to preface that we will have a separate show to go a uh, to fully break down these games uh, and give some picks, but. Um, what what are your early 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 feelings? How how do you feel about both of these games? Well, my early reaction was six and a half for Georgia over Ohio State seemed very very little. Um, mm-hmm. I was expecting um, anywhere from a ten to a thirteen and a half point spread. Um, mm-hmm. If I had to guess, I would have said two touchdowns rather than one, but. And again, sometimes this is how they this is how they trap you, man. Just like you said, eighty nine percent of people on Georgia minus six and a half. We kind of saw that with Bama Georgia last year. Remember, Bama won the first meeting, and then um, Georgia Bama played again. And what was it? Georgia was favored again in the second one. So everyone and their mother went and rode Bama, and look what happened. So yeah. I'm not saying Georgia's going to lose here, but it did it did surprise me to see that spread so little. I know that was kind of my reaction too. I, I thought they would do a hook spread. 
seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that was my that was my reaction too. I, I was honestly shocked um, that it was a one possession point spread mm-hmm. for for Georgia and Ohio State because obviously Georgia's Georgia, Michigan. We saw you know their defense. I mean, they still gave up points to Ohio State, but they did really well um, compared to every other team that Ohio State faced. And Georgia, this is pretty much a home game for Georgia. Mm-hmm. This is in Atlanta. Yeah. So, and, and I mean, Georgia fans travel well, um, and they don't have to travel far, man. It's just mm-hmm. 45 minutes from Athens. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing to think about, too. So I, you know, again, this is shocking in, in a lot of ways. So um, we're going to keep tracking the public numbers and see what happens. Um, now, I I know the total 61 and a half, giving a uh, home score prediction of like 33 and away score prediction of like 27 for Ohio State, um, 33 for Georgia. Uh, I did run the model early. And I got thirty four thirty for Georgia. So interesting. They like the model likes points in this game. Um, I'm very curious to go dive in again. I'm waiting for the matchup reports to generate. Uh, I'm super excited to see how these teams line up on paper uh, because Ohio State does have a really good offense, one of the best in the country. You know, uh, even aside from there. Uh, performance against Michigan, but hey, I mean, Tennessee did too. And look how Georgia handled that. Mm-hmm. So um, it's hard to stray away from my gut feeling on laying those Georgia points, but uh, I have to do more research into what the public's doing uh, and, and look at the matchup comparison on paper. Um, now, Probably TCU, when you Michigan. See the public, when you see the public, eighty-nine mm-hmm. percent as. As a sports better, there's just no way I can take that. Mm-hmm. No matter how bad I want, there's just no way. Exactly. If you faded the public this week in conference championship power five teams, you would have gone four and one. Yep. And I think Crazy. that's what I went on my predictions for conference championships. U- USC, USC had like an 84% handle. Something mm-hmm. absurd. It was the most handled game for Caesar Sports this year. Second to the Rams and Bills NFL home opener. Mm. They Caesars just built another building. In Vegas. <laughs> They're sitting nice. Um, I'm sure. But hey, I mean the Utah that made the Utah win feel that much better for us. So Yep. But TCU Michigan. Uh this one was weird because nine and a half points was the opening and it's already driven down to eight. Um you know, I I don't know. I think TCU can keep this close, and I think it's like a team of heart thing. The the, the Vegas point totals they're giving it at like twenty five. Um, it's an over under of fifty nine, so uh, eight point spread, twenty five and thirty four, thirty three for Michigan. So um, I think TCU can score more than twenty five. You know, even if it's twenty eight or um, 30, 31. So I, I'm a little higher on TCU's ability to score. Um, we saw how quickly they can score. Again, you know, they did it against Kansas State. They had 
um, some quick unanswered points to to tie up the game. Um, and Kansas State's defense was really good. Uh, people forget that. So I, when I first saw the nine and a half spread, I was really, uh, really shocked. Especially something about double-digit spreads in a game where, you know, it's end all be all. Man, this mm-hmm. is this is it. And so we're getting, again, we're talking about 18, 19, 20 year olds other than Max Duggan, who's 50, but <laughs> I'm kidding. He's like 25. So still old. Um, Seth's in Bennett's age, mm-hmm. but, uh, off track. I, I just, I feel like anything can happen and it's going to be close. I feel like all of these games are going to end close. You know, Is it, right. you get that same feeling. Yes. I definitely don't feel like, we have like a, a typical Notre Dame or um, Cincinnati or something where you kind of go in and you're kind of like, yeah, this is going to be a blowout. I think both of these games have the capability of being good games. However, it's funny because I actually think the two, three, the Michigan TCU matchup has more of a chance for a blowout than the Georgia Ohio state. Just personally, I think that, if TCU isn't careful, I think Michigan could get ahead and get ahead by a lot quickly. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I'm excited. I feel like I really like the matchup this year. Again, we mm-hmm. don't have, like, a, a team that I'm just going in thinking that they're just going to get murdered. So it definitely makes it more interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I guess my issue is I need to get over. I have this, like, inability to trust Michigan you know, even though they've done it twice in the past, right. years. they beat Michigan by, uh, they beat Ohio State, excuse me, handily, uh, and then they beat Purdue handily. But I've still, there's still something in me that's like, and Michigan. Is it's just because there were so many years of them being such letdowns. Yeah, that I, I understand that feeling to where it's you, it, you can't get behind a team when you've watched them for six years say that they were going to be this good and they just they weren't, mm-hmm. but. I don't know. I I feel like they've proven it to me. Whenever I watch them go out there, I'm like, this team is really good. Yeah. So uh, another thing is, is I'm excited to look at this matchup report on paper and compare the metrics too, because TCU's defense is better than what people believe. Although they did give up 31 to Kansas State, I will fight them on that because Kansas State is a really good offense when Will Howard is healthy. Will Howard, their second-string QB, is better than their first-string QB, Adrian Martinez. And anybody that's a big follower of Adrian Mar- or college football knows who Adrian Martinez is. He's not the truth. Um, so Kansas State, underrated offense. Uh, so I think we kind of see, you know, TCU can give it up, um, but they can also match in close games. So. Uh, again, man, a month to prepare. That's where you have to also start factoring in. You have to start analyzing, okay, whose coaches are better? Who's going to have the better game plan? Who's going to have their kids more prepared? Who's going to outsmart the other coach? Because that's what it is at this point. Um, we, at this point, you, you know, you have 20 some days to, to prepare. It becomes chess instead of, uh, just lining up and going head to head. I mean, that's how it is every game, but think about it. In reality, teams only have five or six days to prepare for their next opponent. Uh, and some opponents, they'll spend the week before if they're playing like an FCS team and then they play their conference rival the next week. They're probably preparing for the big game weeks ahead. But still, um, 
21 days, just all of their attention goes into this. And it's something you have to think about. It's something you have to consider because uh, that plays way more of a role than what people um, realize. So uh, is Ryan Day as smart as everybody makes him out to be? Um, it's Kirby Smart, the defensive mastermind everybody makes him out to be? I think so. Mm-hmm. On both ends. So who, who's going who's gonna to be smarter? Um, so that that's also something to heavily consider uh, when thinking about laying these bets. But um, I'm very interested to see if this Georgia line gets driven up to a two-possession spread because part of me thinks part of me is going to be upset if I don't get it while it's still one-possession spread. Don't you think? Well, yeah, I agree. I, so I, might, I just don't see it going down from here. I feel like six and a half is going to be the lowest that it is. Yeah, I might, I might sprinkle some on the spread uh, now just to get it before. Just with eighty nine percent of the country, go ahead. Yeah, I know. I'm. A, I just. <laughs> that's the that's the kicker, man. Like, do I, I fall into I the personally, trap? Yeah, I can't. I can't, I can't either. I can't either. <laughs> uh, they they know something. Yeah. They know something, man. And, yeah, I, I just it's tough. Tough scenes. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to dive more into that next week and uh, go through in-depth uh, matchup comparisons and give our picks for those. But any more thoughts on bowl games, playoffs, end of college football? You sad? Yeah, I'm sad, but I'm also excited for us to get into college basketball content too. It's more of my yeah. street, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the perfect – this is – my favorite time of the year where I have bowl games kind of like every day where I can just throw in a random game. And then at the same time at night, you got college basketball. A lot of the big non-conference games are happening right now. It's just a good time. I feel like there's sports on every, every minute of the day with the world cup going on right now too. So it's a fun time in sports. The world cup has been cracked out lately. Yes, it has. It's been cracked out. It has been sad, sad that the U S didn't, Make it through. We kind of got mollywopped. I I knew that was going to happen. As a, as a big soccer fan, growing up watching soccer, these European teams are just—they're so much better than us. We'll get there eventually. Maybe. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, I mean, no more closing thoughts for me from the college football playoffs. Other than I'm really excited. I think the committee got it right. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm happy as a fan. Uh, the only thing I—this is more personal to me—but Tennessee was ranked behind Alabama even though we had the head-to-head. So I, I was furious, even though it didn't really matter at the end of the day. Like, there's no point in getting upset about something that doesn't matter. But, man, I, I was I was pissed off. It's stupid. You know, the whole country we have the head, was stupid. We have the head-to-head. And I, yeah, you can't – I just – again, you're playing you're playing a dangerous game if you start using the the notion that a player is out – to justify ranking a team below another team. You can't do that. That's such a subjective thing. And you, you're you basically claiming that you know the worth of one player to one team. And sure, Hendon means the world to Tennessee in that offense, in that team. Um, and I mean, I, I think that goes without saying, but you can't objectively quantify his worth and when it comes to a ranking standpoint, right. you can't do that. And so, again, that is one thing that I was upset with because that's some gray area. 
that the playoff committee ranking or the committee is flirting with. And I think it's just dumb. You know, why, why play the games? Why, why do we schedule Alabama every year? If that's what's going to happen. Right. We have the head to head and they're not going to give us a nod after we beat them. We beat the team that they lost to at the same place in death Valley. Mm -hmm. Come on, man. Like what? I just don't, I don't get it. And y'all's loss was to Georgia. Who's the number one team in the country who Bama also didn't play. And I get it. I understand that the loss to South Carolina was a really, really bad loss. I, I'm not going to sit here and, and try and stand up for that in any means. You know, it's Tennessee controlled their destiny and they fumbled it. So end of discussion there. But if we're going to start, you know, comparing these things, like how, how are you justifying? We, we beat Bama, but then you're going to come back and say, Oh, they have a, the worst loss. No, we have the better win. It doesn't the head matter. To head. You have to go to the roots. The head to head is the most important thing mm-hmm. when it's between two teams. If you are arguing, it's like if my team, if Memphis played Tennessee, and if Memphis, if Memphis lost to Tennessee, and I'm trying to sit here and argue like, oh, but we beat this team, we beat that team. It just, I will never understand that argument when people do that. It doesn't matter. We lost the head to head. The head-to-head is what matters, and anyone that tries to go around that and justify with other games, it will never it will never register with me like how that makes sense to someone else. I just mm-hmm. I don't get it. Yeah, and I mean that that's like that's when you start getting into the the transitive like team like transitive stuff where exactly right you're like okay so this team beat this team. So team A beat team B, but team B beat team C. So team A is inherently better than team C. Exactly. So two should be property. in the playoffs. If, if exactly. beating Kansas so, State. Exactly. And I'm like, well, when we get into a real scary game because there are some FCS teams <laughs> that have beaten top 25 teams, and those top 25 teams have been top 10 teams. Right. And so then we're like, okay, well, we have some Mac fellas. Who deserve to be in the playoffs? Absolutely. If that's what we're doing, are we gonna we 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 doing that? And so, it's just like this mess, man. Um, I'm I'm ready for the 12 team playoff because I think it's gonna eliminate a bunch of these dumb fucking suits making these decisions. Um, it will. I'm tired of it. And so, uh, again, now with the 12 team format, we're just we're in your conference and you're in. The only yeah, thing you're going to have now is group of five teams bickering over who should have been in, and instead yeah. of like, and that's a way better problem to have than two twelve and one teams and one gets left out. You know, mm-hmm. this twelve team system will fix a lot of things. Yeah, I agree. And so it's just at least you know at least we get one group of five teams. Absolutely. And so um, I think that's better than nothing. And so again, I like they deserve it. They deserve one spot. Um, so. I'm happy that's still, still the what's going on there. So mm-hmm. you know it is, but it's kind of a lesser of two evils, you know. Yeah, and a lot of these teams who probably would be playing for that group of five spot mm-hmm. are transitioning into power five. Right. You know, yeah, absolutely. Or, Cincinnati, UCF, mm-hmm. um, BYU, I expect, teams like that. I expect even more to to go to power five over the next 10 years too, because Mm -hmm. I think these conferences kind of now have free will um, to go and just put together like a 
mega conference? Like a, like a super team. I mean, that's what the SEC is trying to do. So uh, I think we'll, we're, we're going to tack on more and more, and that'll be. I think it'll be good for college football. Um, now I do feel bad because I hope that it doesn't do anything to the group of five schools uh, or any of the FCS schools because I love all college football and I want all of college football to thrive. I don't want just, you know, big brands to keep it going. So I, I love turning on the TV on a Tuesday and watching the action. Ball State Toledo. I know. Or like Bowling Green and Miami of Ohio. You know, it's just, yeah. it's awesome. And you think I'm kidding yeah. though, but I will sit there and watch that game and enjoy it. I, I will too. And like, like every year that I've gotten, you know, it kind of started early college. Every year I've grown more and more to love it. You know, especially when I have more time on my hands during the week. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's Tuesday. You already know what's going on Tuesday. <laughs> I'm turning on action. Exactly. And that's it. So, um, I love it. And again, you know, like you were saying, favorite time of the year is you get maxed in and then commercial. Uh, let me just go over to this, you know, Phil Knight classic game. That's an absolute barn burner between two top 10, ten teams in college mm-hmm. basketball. Like, come on, man. I'm, I'm awesome. getting juiced up just talking about it. This is incredible. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I'm going to miss it uh, a ton. But it, as fast as it went, I hope it, it comes back just as fast you know, I feel like the, the spring always feels a little bit longer, but you know, I'm already ready for next year. But, hey, we still have a lot of bowl games to go over. We still have the entire college football playoffs to go over. So um, have a lot more to discuss. Going to start with the first round of bowl games next week mm-hmm. uh, and then keep going from there. We'll probably even do some solo shows to cover those random Wednesday bowls. Uh, and college basketball is on the horizon. Uh, we'll start firing off some stuff on Twitter and doing some last-minute shows to go over the biggest games of the week. Mm-hmm. But that's all I have for college football. Anything else you got? Nope. Ready for ready for next week, and we'll start to break down the, the early bowl games. All right. Well, that wraps it up for the show. Make sure to follow our Twitter accounts. Um, you can find those on our main Twitter at little underscore teasers and the link to all of our picks. So make sure you follow those there. We'll be back here next week with over bowl games. See you.